0: PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode contains details that may be disturbing and triggering for some listeners. In today's episode, I'll be telling you a disturbing and perplexing story that comes all the way from across the pond. On September 21, 2001, the torso of a young black boy was found floating in the River Thames, near Tower Bridge in central London. He was initially dubbed Adam by police officers. Over the years, Adam's unidentified remains would stir speculation and arouse terror. During the investigation of his murder, investigators uncovered eerie information that may point to Adam's origins and the circumstances that led to his horrifying death. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library. Let's examine the mysterious story of Adam. In September 2001, in London, a passerby who was walking near the Southwark Bridge spotted something strange in the River Thames. The bright orange shorts caught this man's attention, and upon a closer look, it appeared that those orange shorts weren't just floating alone in the river. No, it looked like they were on a body. A small body, actually. When the London police arrived at the scene, the police found the torso of a little body belonging to a young boy between four and seven years old, floating in the river. How does the torso of a young child end up in the River Thames? What happened to the rest of his body? And what kind of monster would do this? Horrified by this gruesome discovery, the London police begin the investigation, and they also give this unidentified body a name, Adam. Investigators couldn't find a match for Adam in any databases for missing children in Britain or Europe, so they made requests to the public for help. Did anyone know who this unidentified boy was? Was there anyone out there missing him? And did anyone know who the perpetrator of this gruesome crime could be? You have to remember that his body was found soon after the 9-11 attacks. His body was found on September 21, 2001. This meant that the story of Adam only received moderate coverage at the time. The 9-11 attacks weren't just publicized in the US. Many countries covered the attacks and it ran through the news cycles in the days and weeks following the attacks. However, this didn't stop the London police from learning whatever they could about Adam and what they eventually find out is beyond disturbing. What they first learned during the investigation is how and why Adam's other body parts were dismembered. Adam's legs, arms, and head had been expertly removed with extremely sharp knives. He was also poisoned and paralyzed beforehand. His body was drained of blood, and his intestines were found to contain a mixture of strange plant extracts. The forensic team was able to trace these plant extracts to West Africa, most likely Nigeria. But what investigators learn next confuses them even more. When they search for the origins of those bright orange shorts, they learn that these shorts could have only been purchased in Germany or Austria. With Adam appearing to have connections to West Africa, Germany, and Austria, the London police are perplexed. How is all of this connected? And how did Adam end up in London? Because of Adam's connection to Germany, the Metropolitan Police began to look outside of the UK. They teamed up with law enforcement officials in the Netherlands after an unidentified white girl was found dismembered on a beach in Nold. They looked into whether there was any connection between the two cases, but the girl was eventually identified as Rowena Rickers, a four-year-old girl who was murdered by her stepfather. No link between Rowena's murder and Adam's murder was ever found. So with Adam's story dying in the media, there wasn't much progress in the year that he was found. However, in the next year, The coverage and interest about the case increased in the UK and the continent of Africa. The London police even reached out to a well-known and respected African leader for help with the case. When the investigation had stalled in 2002, London officials tried a new approach. They traveled to Johannesburg, South Africa, where Nelson Mandela made a public appeal requesting any information that might be relevant to the investigation. Into the progress of identifying Adam. His appeal was broadcasted all over the continent of Africa and was translated into tribal languages, including Yoruba, which is the local language that police connected Adam to. In his appeal, Mandela said, quote, if anywhere, even in the remotest village in our continent, there is a family missing a son of that age who might have disappeared around that time, 21st of September last year. Please contact the police in London, either directly or through their local police. The South African Police Service and the South African Pathologist have already made a sterling contribution towards trying to solve this terrible murder. The Metropolitan Police Service has dedicated itself to solve this murder. They are committed to bringing to justice the killers of this young boy, who they have personalized in their investigation, by calling him Adam, rather than having him referred to merely as some unidentified body. I wish to direct my appeal to all the people across the world, and specifically in Africa, to come forward, and help bring to justice the killers of this young boy. Such crucial wastage of the lives of our children and youth cannot be allowed to continue. I specifically ask for anyone out there who may be the family of this tragically killed young boy to please step forward." End quote. Soon after returning home to London in 2003, London officials packed their bags again and traveled back to South Africa. But this time, they intended to explore the possibility that Adam was a victim of a ritual sacrifice To do this, they needed to meet with the Investigative Psychology Unit of the South African Police Service, as well as Black magic experts. From Nigeria in the West to the Zulu and Swazi regions of South Africa, muti murder is practiced. Muti is the Zulu word for medicine, and a muti murder is a dark manifestation of traditional African healing. In an article by The Guardian, reporter Jivan Vasagar examines the goal of human sacrifice and the practice of Muti and how it relates to Adam's story. According to the article, Muti is practiced by sangomas, also known as witch doctors, who are usually women. Muti cures often take the form of a potion of herbs or roots, or they require the sacrifice of an animal. Animals such as crocodiles, various types of birds, and monkeys have been used in Muti. However, the idea of Muti has been disordered by a small group of individuals, who believe that human body parts are needed to help heal people, or even in some cases, provide magical powers. Young people are considered particularly potent by some because they haven't used up all of their luck yet. What's interesting is that the investigative psychology unit of the South African Police Service believed that Adam was likely not the subject of a muti murder because his limbs were removed but his genitals and organs were still intact, which is uncommon in Muti. They believe that the removal of the limbs was used to delay identification of Adam, not a part of a Muti killing. The team at the South African Police Service put the Metropolitan Police in contact with the sagoma called Credo Mutwa. According to Mutwa, Adam's death was a result of a ritual sacrifice that is actually common in West Africa. This was determined through the color of Adam's shorts which were bright orange. This color is significant because Mutwa says this color was used so Adam's soul would be resurrected. However, Credo Mutwa was regarded in South Africa as a fraud and con man, so the London Metropolitan Police didn't really take his contribution seriously, and they continued investigations under the notion that Adam was a victim of a Muti murder. Hendrik Schultz, a South African professor and authority on Muti, who also performed a second post-mortem on Adam, described the belief behind Muti killings, saying, quote, The victim may be a blood relative, or one of their own children, but is never a stranger and definitely never an enemy. The child is not killed because they are angry with it. They are thankful to the child. This child is actually being sacrificed so that these people can have something of an advancement. It is to attain a goal that is unattainable by normal sacrifice. The sacrifice of an animal, whether that goal is prosperity or high political office. To our Western minds, the concept of ritual murder is gruesome. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was sacrificed for the good of the community, and the theory is that this is good for the community." End quote. The London police traveled to Nigeria and launched a campaign to track down Adam's parents. However, despite visiting elementary schools there and checking reported missing children records, there was no success. Back in February 2002, the London police reached out to British criminologist Richard Hoskins, who was also an expert on African rituals for assistance. He told the police that he believed that Adam's death wasn't a result of Muti murder because the cuts were too precise and his limbs were removed after death, rather than while Adam was alive, and his genitals and organs were intact, just as the South African police service noted. Hoskins wrote, quote, The more I look into this, the more I am certain that this isn't a South African Muti murder, and if I'm right, it's likely that Adam doesn't come from there either, End quote. Hoskins thought it more likely that Adam's murder was a result of human sacrifice. Muti involved harvesting body parts, while human sacrifice focused on the flowing of blood that would be spilt on an altar for a deity. However, according to Hoskins, the British police were uncomfortable with the term sacrifice, and often referred to it as the S-word, and they continued their inquiries into Muti and South Africa. In July 2002, there appeared to be a significant crack in the case when a Nigerian woman named Joyce Osiagedi, who arrived in the UK from Germany, claimed to have fled from Yoruba cult that practiced ritual murders. She alleged that this cult attempted to kill her son. When police searched her flat, they found orange shorts with the same clothing label as the ones found on Adam. Officers thought that Joyce had been involved in some way, but due to a lack of evidence and doubts about Joyce's mental state, she was eventually deported back to Nigeria. On March 29, 2011, it was reported that the torso once found in the River Thames was identified as a six-year-old named Ikpomosa after a television company was able to track down this Joyce woman who claimed to have cared for Adam in Germany. Apparently, she claimed that she was left to care for him when his parents were deported back to Nigeria. Joyce was herself a mother of two, and she told ITV's London Tonight that she handed Adam over to a man named Bawa, who then took Adam to London. At the time, this information was considered a major breakthrough in the case. for years. London police had been searching for more information about who Adam was and how he ended up in London. Was it possible that this Bawa guy killed little Adam? The relief of this newfound information soon dissipated when police began to grow doubtful about this woman's claims. Two years later, in February 2013, the BBC was contacted by Joyce, who told them that she was prepared to share everything that she knew about Adam. Despite previously claiming that Adam was in fact a boy named Pamwosa, she actually changed her story and said that Adam was really a boy named Patrick Erebor. She also identified that the man named Bawa was actually someone named Kingsley Ojo, who was a bogus asylum seeker who first came to the UK in 1997. She also claimed that he took Adam from her despite her original claims that she gave Adam to the man. To make matters worse, She also said that she had wrongly identified a photograph that had been circulating in the press as Patrick when it was all along a photo of her friend's living son. Clearly, the London police realized that Joyce's claims couldn't be taken seriously because her story continuously changed. And it wasn't just that she remembered things wrong or provided the wrong information. Police also had doubts about her mental state. They believed that her troubled mental state made her claims unreliable and so they never formally identified Adam. Kingsley Ojo was arrested for using multiple identities, and he was subsequently arrested in London back in 2002 by officers who were investigating the murder of Adam. During Ojo's arrest, the police found what I consider to be compelling evidence connected to Adam's case. According to reporting by Angus Crawford for the BBC, in Ojo's flat, London authorities found a plastic bag, a mixture of bone, sand, and flecks of gold, very similar to a concoction found in Adam's stomach. None of the DNA on the items matched with Adam's DNA. However, that's not all they found in 2002. While searching Ojo's flat, they also found a video labeled as Rituals, which showed a B-movie in which an actor cuts off the head of a man. According to Ojo, the video and the mixture police found actually belonged to other people who were living in the house at the time. Police were never able to establish a link between Ojo and Adam's case. In 2004, Kingsley Ojo was sentenced to four and a half years in prison for trafficking children into the country. But that wasn't the last time that London police heard from Ojo, because while in prison, he contacted officers and offered to help them with the case. However, the investigators realized that Ojo was simply wasting their time, and he was eventually deported to Nigeria. He had always insisted that he was never involved with the killing. Retired detective Nick Chalmers, who worked on the case for seven years, said Ojo was, quote, someone I've been interested in for a long while. I've always suspected his involvement, and now, for the very first time, we have a witness who is saying categorically Kingsley was involved, end quote. He also acknowledged Joyce's statements regarding the identification of Adam had been unreliable in the past, and that she was suffering from psychiatric problems that were being treated with medication. The Metropolitan Police believe that, although the nature of Adam's death was grim and appalling, the publicity from the case has acted as a deterrent from other ritual crimes in the UK. This is one of the many cases that keeps me up at night. The murder of Adam is disturbing and heartbreaking. The fact that the case hasn't come any closer to being solved is devastating and frustrating. I struggle with the idea that the parents of Adam haven't at least come forward. Perhaps they fear the legal consequences of coming forward. The way he died and how his body was found is shocking. It's clear that there are large cultural differences and belief differences with this case. Although Muti is considered a ritual to show gratitude, the manner of Adam's death and the disposal of his body only feels malicious to someone like me, who strongly believes that children must be protected at all costs. I hope that one day his true identity is known, and that all of the unanswered questions with this case, like who the killer is, are finally answered. There has to be someone out there who knows something about what happened to Adam. If you have any information about Adam, please contact the Metropolitan Police at crimestoppers-uk.org. If you want to interact with the podcast on social media or share with us some of your own theories about the cases, Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at the LCL pod. Don't forget to share the podcast so we can get more attention for these very important cases. If you'd like to listen to more episodes of the Lost Crimes Library, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe or follow so you won't miss any new episodes. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues